What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Um, hello and welcome to Monster Legends Podcast. I'm your host, Tanner. This week we're in Kentucky. Start with a little history lesson of Kentucky. Uh, Kentucky was granted statehood in 1792. Became the first state U.S. state west of Appalachian. Is this is it Appalachian or Appalachian? Appalachian Mountains. Frontiersman Daniel Boone was one of Kentucky's most prominent explorers. And many immigrants followed the trail he blazed through the Cumberland Gap, known as the Wilderness Road. Uh, although it slided with the Confederacy during the Civil War, the population was deeply divided and many Kentucky residents fought for the North. Known primarily as an agricultural area into the 20th century, Kentucky is also a major U.S. coal producer and site of the U.S. military bases Fort Knox and Fort Campbell. It is also known as the home of the legendary Kentucky Derby horse race and bluegrass music pioneered by Kentucky native Bill Monroe. It became a state on June 1st, 1792. Capital is Frankfurt. Who's it? Have you heard of Frankfurt? It should be Louisville, I think. Or. Wait. Hey, man. Ah. Uh, has a population of 4,339,367 people. This is 40,411 square miles. It is nicknamed the Bluegrass State. Um, its motto is United We Stand, Divided We Fall. The state tree is the tulip poplar. State flower is the goldenrod. State bird is the cardinal. Despite the fact that there were no battles fought within the state, more than half of all Americans killed in action during the War of 1812 were from Kentucky. In late August of 1888, nine members of the Hatfield family were tried and convicted at the Pike County Courthouse in Kentucky for a raid on Randall McCoy's home, in which his son and daughter were killed. His wife was beaten unconscious, and his home was burned to the ground. The long-running feud between the Hatfields of West Virginia and the McCoys of Kentucky claimed a dozen members of the two clans. In 2003, the families singled a formal truce to put an official end to the hostilities. You know, fuck the McCoy. Aren't you hot? The happy, uh, the happy birthday to you, Melody, was the creation of sisters Mildred and Patty Hill in 1893. While working at Louisville Experimental Kindergarten School, Louisville created a song for teachers to sing to students entitled Good Morning to All. In 1924, Robert Coleman first published the Happy Birthday to You lyrics along with the tune. It is now one of the most popular songs in the English language. The United States Bullion um, depository in Fort Knox contains the largest gold reserve in the world. In 2011, the holds were worth, 
worth more than 260 billion. Wow, that's a lot of money. It's like a 260,000 million. The annual three-day Hillbillies Day Festival attracts more than 100,000 people to Pikeville. The event began in 1977 as a way to celebrate ablation culture while raising money for, for the Shriners hospitals for the children. Although he's more closely associated with Illinois, Abraham Lincoln was born in Hodgenville, Kentucky. Okay. First monster. How are you doing? Hello? Uh, the Pope Lick Monster, a legendary part man, part goat, or something part sheep creature, reported to live beneath a Norfolk southern trestle of Floyd Fork, of Floyd Fork Creek in the Fisherville area near Louisville, Kentucky. In the most accounts, the Pope Lick Monster, named after the Pope Lick Creek below the Pope Lick Train trestle, appears as a human goat hybrid with grotesquely deformed body of a man. It has powerful fur-covered goat legs, an alabaster skin face with an alquiline nose and wide-set eyes. Short, sharp horns protrude from the forehead, nestled in a long, greasy hair that matched the color of the fur on the legs. Numerous urban legends exist about the creature's origins and the methods it employs to claim its victims. According to some accounts, the creature uses either hypnosis or voice mimicry to lure trespassers to the trestle to meet their death for an oncoming train. Other stories claim that the monster jumps down from the trestle onto the roofs of cars passing beneath it. Yet other legends tell it attacks its victims with its bloodstained axe. It also said that the very side of the creature is so unsettling that those who see it while walking across the high trestle are driven to leap off. Other legendary, other legends explain the creature's origins, including that it is a human-goat hybrid, and that it was a circus freak who vowed revenge after being mistreated in one version. The creature escaped after a train derailed on the trestle, which actually links the Pope Lake monster to the legend of the ghost train, which are also sighted on the trestle. Another version claims that the monster is, is really the twisted reincarnation, reincarnation of a farmer who sacrificed ghosts in exchange for satanic powers. The public monster, having no actual reported sightings, most likely exists only in the realm of myth and legend. The infamous public train trestle has become a favorite spot for kids, especially ones conducting light-hearted bravery tests, daring someone to climb the trestle. This has not always been fun in games, however. In the summer of, eight, of 1987, a young boy fell to his death from the trestle after evading an uncommon train, and his fate was met again by a young boy 13 years later. That's sad. Uh, Kelly Hopkinsville encounter, also known as the Hopkinsville Goblins case, and to a lesser extent, the Kelly Green Men case, is the name given to a series of connected incidents of alleged close encounters with supposed extraterrestrial beings. They were reported in the fall of 1955. The most famous and well publicized of which centered around a rural farmhouse at the time belongs to the Sutton family, which was located between the hamlet of Kelly and the small city of Hopkinsville. 
both in Christian County, Kentucky, United States. It is from these main incidents that the entire case takes its name. The, Hop the Hopkins Goblin story shares some very s small similarities with the Mothman legend, such as the large reflective colorful eyes and the possibility of owls being an explanation for both. The story is an important part of ufology, which is a field John Cale studied and the Mothman had become part of it. These events of UFO flaps build upon each other and have an effect. This encounter eventually leads to things like the Michigan flap, the Ohio UFO chase, and the West Virginia flap, which birthed the Mothman. Kentucky is also a bordering state to West Virginia, and the story is often considered Appalachian folklore. Sighting. Members of two families at the farmhouse reported seeing unidentifiable creatures and other witnesses attested to the light in the, sun, in the sky and odd sounds. The events are regarded by UFOlogists as one of the most significant, well-known, and well-documented cases in the history of UFO incidents and a favorite for study in UFOlogy. UFOlogists have claimed that it was investigated by the United States Air Force although no evidence of an investigation has been found. The encounter has shaped much of the narrative of the UFO tradition, including flashing lights, appearing in rural areas, and signs of so-called little green men. A claim was also made for another encounter with allegedly the same creatures in another part of the United States along the Ohio River week prior to the instance in Kentucky, which itself has numerous witnesses. There were dozens of witnesses to the incident, which included two families present at the farmhouse and others in the area. Other civilians, some of whom had no connection to the families at the farmhouse, and even one in, the, in another state. People, perhaps most significantly, the witnesses also included several local policemen and state trooper who saw and heard strange phenomenon, such as unexplained lights in the night sky and noises the same night. The seven people presented, um, present in the farmhouse claimed that they that they were terrorized by an unknown number of creatures similar to gremlins, which have since often been referred to as the Hopkinsville Goblins. In popular culture, the residents of the farmhouse describe them as around the three feet tall with upright pointy ears, thin limbs. Their legs were said to be almost in a state of atrophy, long arms and claw-like hands or talons. Creatures were either silver, silvery in color or wearing something metallic. Their movements on occasion seemed to defy gravity, with them floating above the ground, appearing hot and high up places, and they walked with a swaying motion as though wading through water. Although the creature never entered the house, they would pop up at windows and the doorway, wake up the children in the house to a hysterical frenzy. The families fled the farmhouse in the middle of the night to the local police station, and Sheriff Russell Greenwell noted that they were visibly shaken. The families returned to the farmhouse with Sheriff Greenwell and 20 officers, yet their occurrences continued. Police saw evidence of the struggle and damage to the house, as well as, being strange, well as seeing strange lights and hearing noises themselves. The witnesses additionally claimed to have used firearms to shoot at the creatures with little or no effect and the house and surrounding grounds were extensively damaged during the incident. Even years later, the eyewitnesses' stories still corroborated remarkably under imageable questioning. 
Although speculation amongst the eyewitnesses regarding the motivations of the creatures has ranged from pill study on their part or the creatures were acting out of mere curiosity or even outright malevolence. The two families involved were noted locally to not be the types to make up a hoax. Families attained no financial gain or significant fame from the incident and fled from the area with the when the incident became known locally and they gained an abundance of trespassers wanting to see the site. UF researcher Alan Hendry wrote, This case is distinguished by its duration, also by the number of witnesses involved. Jerome Clark writes that, Investigations by police, Air Force officers from nearby Fort Campbell, and civilian ufologists found no evidence of a hoax. Author Brian Dunning contends that the claimed Air Force investigators showed up the next day at Miss, uh, Mrs. Langford's house has been published by a number of times, but later authors, uh, but I can't find no corroborating evidence of this. Dunning also observes that the four military police who occupied the police officers on night of the event were from an army base, not an Air Force base. Project Blue Book listed the case as a hoax with no further comment. On the evening of August 21st, 1955, Billy Ray Taylor of Pennsylvania was visiting his Sutton family of Kentucky. The Sutton family home was a rural farmhouse located near the town of Kelly in Hopkinsville in Christian County, Kentucky. The farmhouse still stands today and although the Sutton family moved soon after the incident, there were a total of 11 people in the house that night, including the children of two families. The Sutton farmhouse had no running water, causing Billy Ray Taylor to go outside to the water pump for a drink at about 7 p.m. Taylor said he observed strange lights in the sky to the west, which he believed to be an unusual craft. He described it as a disc shape in appearance and it featured light on its side. They had all the colors of the rainbow. He ran back to the house, excitedly telling the officers about his flying saucer sighting. But no one believed him, instead thinking that he had become overly excited after seeing a vivid shooting star. At around 8 o'clock p.m., the families began hearing strange and unexplained noises outside. The Sutton family's dog, which was in the yard outside, began barking loudly and then hid under the house, where it remained until the next day. Going outside a few minutes later with their guns, Billy Ray Taylor and Elmer Lucky Sutton then asserted that they saw a strange creature emerge from nearby trees. When the creatures approached to within about 20 feet, the two men began shooting at it, one using a shotgun, the other using a 22 rifle. There, were, there was a noise, sounding like bullets being rattled about in a metal drum, and the creature, they said, then flipped over and fell into darkness and shadows. Sure, they had wounded the creature, Lucky and Solomon went out to look for it. Henry writes that as the men were stepping from the porch, they saw one of the creatures perched on an awning. They again shot at the creature, and it was knocked from the roof. Again, they heard a rattling noise, although the creature was apparently unharmed. Lucky and Solomon uh, returned to the house in a disturbed state. Within minutes, Lucky's brother, J.C. Sutton, said they saw the same creature, or at least a similar creature, peer into a window in the home. J.C. and Solomon shot at it, breaking the window, whereupon it too flipped over and fled. The creatures could be heard loudly scurrying around on the roof, scratching as though trying to break it, break through. For the next few hours, the witnesses asserted the creatures reportedly approached the home, either popping up at the doorway 
Royal Widows in an almost playful manner. Only to be shot at each time they did. The witnesses were unsure how many time any creatures were there were, except for one signing of two at the same time, and all other signs were of only one, although the first story claimed twelve to fifteen. At one point the witnesses shot one of the beans nearly point blank, and again would insist that the sound resembled bullets striking a metal bucket. The floating creature's legs seemed to be atrophied and nearly useless as they appeared to propel themselves with a curious hip-swinging motion, staring with their arms. Clark writes that if the creatures were in a tree or on a roof when hit by gunfire, they would float, not fall to the ground. At one point, at about 11 um, p.m., a state highway trooper near Kelly instantly reported some unusual mirror-like objects flying out overhead with a sound like artillery fire coming directly from them. Hendry writes that the Sutton family matriarch, Mrs. Langford, canceled an end to the hostilities, noting that the creatures had never seemed to try harming anyone nor, by, nor had they actually entered the house. Between appearances from the creatures, the family tried to temper children's growing hysteria. At about 11 p.m., Taylor Sutton crew decided to flee the farmhouse in their automobiles, and after about 30 minutes, they arrived at the Hopkinsville Police Station. Police Chief uh, Russell Greenwell judged the witnesses to have been frightened by something beyond reason. Not, not ordinary. He also opened. These were not the sort of people who would normally ran to police. Something frightened them. Something beyond their comprehension. A police officer with medical training determined that Bailey Ray's pulse rate was more than two times as fast as usual. Twenty police officers accompanied. Twenty police officers accompanied. Accompanied the Sutton fans back to the farmhouse, and several entered it to assess the damage. According to Daniels, uh, uh, official response was prompt and thorough. In 1998, Carol A. Barnett wrote, "By all counts, the witnesses were deemed sane, not under influence of drugs or alcohol, and in such a state of terror, no one involved that they had seen something far beyond their ken." Police interviewed neighboring farmhouses whose residents were also distressed and reported to the police. Strange lights, strange sounds, and after hearing the gun battle at the Sutton farmstead, police and photographers who visited the home saw how many bullets, holes, and hundreds of spent shells, and further discovered what Clark described as an odd, luminous patch along a fence where one of the beans had been shot in the woods beyond a green light whose source could not be determined. Though the investigation was an inconclusive, Daniels uh, uh, and all rights. Investigators did not include, however, that these people were sincere and saying that they had no interest in exploiting the case for publicity. The patch simple auto photograph was never collected and had mysteriously disappeared by the noon the next day. Police left at about 2.15 a.m. And not long afterward, the witnesses claimed that the creatures returned, 
Billy Ray fired at them once, ruining yet another window. Last of the creatures was allegedly sighted just before dawn at about 4.45 a.m. on August 22nd, never to be seen again. The Hopkinsville Goblin, Goblins case garnered massive publicity for within hours of its alleged occurrence. August 22, 1955, Kentucky New Air claimed that 12 to 15 little men had been seen. Clark writes that one of the witnesses never claimed this, rather that, that the observers had no idea how many of the creatures there were. They could only be certain that there were at least two because that's not saw the number. They saw that number at the same time. Later on August 22nd, Andrew Bud Lentwith of WHOP Radio interviewed the seven adult witnesses in two different groups. He judged their tale of events as consistent, especially in the descriptions of the strange glowing beings. Lentwith had worked <coughs> as a professional artist and had sketched creatures based on the witnesses' descriptions. They were generally Consistent, although the female witnesses insisted that the creatures had a somewhat muscular build than the male witnesses remembered. And Bill, Billy Ray Taylor wasn't all alone in insisting that beans had an antenna. Uh, Hendry describes Lenworth's efforts as fortunate because the publicity soon grown so obnoxious to some family that the later simply avoided telling the story and refused to cooperate with UFO, UFO investigators, accepting. Isabel Davis. As reports reached newspapers, public opinion tended to view the story as a hoax and showed only br brief interest in the event. Some residents of the local community, including members of the police department, were uh, skeptical of the Son's family, Son's story, and believed that the alcohol, possibly moonshine, may have played a part in the incident. Although to date, no evidence has been found for disbelief. The fact that some of the evidences worked for Carmel somehow contributed to the belief in a hoax. The farm became a tourist attraction for a brief period, which upset the Suttons who tried to keep people away, eventually attempting to charge people an entrance fee to discourage them. That only convinced the sightseers that the family was attempting to make money from the event and increased the public view that the event was a hoax. Finally, the Suttons refused all visitors and refused to discuss the event further with anyone. Today, family members who witnessed the event rarely talk to reporters or researchers, and by giving accounts have stuck to the version of the event. As late as 2002, Lucky Sultan's daughter, uh, Gerald Hawkins, Geraldine, played her father's account, stating, It was a serious thing to him. It happened to him. He said it happened to him. He said it wasn't funny. It was an experience he said he would never forget. It was fresh in his mind until the day he died. It was fresh in his mind like it happened yesterday. He never cracked a smile when he told the story because it happened to him and there wasn't nothing funny about it. He got pale, you could see it in his eyes. He was scared to death. UFOologist Alan Heinick had interviews with two persons who drew direct knowledge of the events a year after the event took place. There have been numerous books, documentaries, and debates regarding the incidents. In 1957, U.S. Air, Air Force Major John E. Albert concluded that the Hopkinsville case was the result of the witnesses being 
Mookie painted with silver that escaped from a circus, and that Mrs. Lockford's imagination exaggerated the bent. Uh, an event as Bald Davis Yeofologist was one who directed this explanation as not only entirely speculative but absurd. Monkeys are hairy creatures. Monkeys have long tails. Monkeys are notorious chatterboxes. Monkeys struck by bullets bleed and die. No amount of aquabolusions can explain a mistake of this magnitude. If I could, it could have been a mistake misidentification of great horned owls, which are nocturnal and fly silently. Have yellow eyes and aggressively defend their nests. There were many signs at the time which could explain the UFO claims. Skeptics say that the reports were due to the effect of excitement and misidentification of natural phenomena such as meteors and owls. CSI member and skeptic Joe Nickel notes that the family could have been misidentified eagle owls or great horned owls, which are nocturnal, fly silently, and have yellow eyes and aggressively defend their nests. According to Nick Kell, meteor signs also occurred at the time that could explain Billy Ray Taylor's claim that they saw a bright light tree across the sky and disappear beyond a tree line with some distance from the house. Psychologists Ronnie Schmaltz and Scott Lindenfield cite all alleged instances as an example of pseudoscience and extraordinary claim to help students develop a critical thinking skills and between truth from fiction. According to author Brian Dunning, there are simply too many summaries from the creatures reported by the families and an aggressive pair of the local great horned owls, whose two to stand about two to three, two thirds of a meter tall. The Kelly community now celebrates the anniversary of the event on the third weekend of every August with an event called Kelly Little Green Man Days. The Pokemon Sable Eye, interest in Pokemon Ruby and Sapphire, it's based on a goblin described in the Kelly Hopkinsville, Kentucky. In advance, they are animated with a swaying or waiting motion based on the creature's reported gait. And in the Pathfinder role-playing game, the Hopkins, a type of gremlin from the Bizetary 5 book, is based upon the goblin described in the counter. The Kelly Hopkinsville counter was the basis of the Annoyance Theater musical came from Kentucky, in Chicago. The science also supposedly inspired the movie E.T., In Kentucky folklore, the Milton Lizard is a creature described as resembling a 15-foot monitor lizard probably sighted in Cannon Creek near the town of Milton in Trimble County, Kentucky in the summer of 1975. The creature was first seen in July by Clarence Tuffley Cable, co-manager of the Bluegrass Body Shop, a drunken and wrecking yard location near north of Milton. As Cable was walking through the junkyard, he saw a lizard emerge from beyond the wreck vehicles and it hissed at him several times. He said it had big eyes similar to a frog's. Beneath its mouth was an off-white color and there were black and white stripes crossways of its body with coarse-sized speckles over it. Cable's brother, Garrett, was next to the city creature on July 27th. While working in the junkyard, he saw a pile of old car hoods began to vibrate and move as the creature's head and shoulders emerged from underneath the debris. Frightened, he left to get his brother, but when they returned to the area, guns in hand, the creature was gone. The next day, Cable saw a lizard, or one similar to it again, except this time it appeared to be larger, nearly 15 feet in length, 
After throwing rock at it, Lager hits at him and fled into some brush. Cable retrieved a rifle from his house and fired into the brush, but couldn't be certain he killed the creature. In early August, a search party scored the area surrounding the bluegrass body shop for any sign of the lizard. But no, but, uh, no evidence was found. During the Trimble Banner's investigation into sightings, Clarence Cable said the creature looked similar to, to but not exactly like a monitor lizard. He surprised that one of the wrecked vehicles they had acquired in the past from one of the western states contained eggs that hatched in the heat of the junkyard. When wreckage began to be removed in spring, fear places existed with the lizard or lizards can hide, resulting in sightings. We all know real life can suck sometimes, and your boss accidentally seeing you in your underpants on Zoom last week doesn't help any. That's why Reluctantly Codependent Sisters, the Shira and Rashalia, keep you enthralled and in stitches every week with their podcast, Legendary Africa. Every Monday and Friday, we take you on a journey of mythical lands, magical objects, and monstrous creatures, both ancient and modern. Find Legendary Africa on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and wherever you feed your ears. And remember, stay safe, stay sexy, and stay legendary. Tales of Kentucky's Gargoyle-like creature documented in the headlines by Don Green from Wave 3 News. Published May 13, 2014 at 10.23 p.m. Updated July 11th at 7.46 p.m. Uh, there are many winged creatures, myths, and legends all around the world. There were there are vampires, gargoyles, and one you may never heard of, Kentucky's own Demon Leaper. In the early 1900s, nations got a taste of this Kentucky legend as it made its way into the New York Times. Here, Kentucky historian and author David Dom Dominey explained, People looking up to the spires for a number of generations now have reported signs of a strange gargoyle-like creature. A gargoyle-like creature, one of the most bizarre stories of bluegrass has had to offer. Some people thought it was one of the gargoyles on the spires that came to life, explained Dominey. Gargoyles perched on the side of the Victorian Gothic Walnut Street Baptist Church, built around 1902, seemed to peer over the sidewalks, keeping watch over the parishioners and the neighborhood. The demon leaper seemed to have driven so much like this, much like these same gargoyles perched along the church's rooftop. It's a bat-like creature with leathery skin, wings, claws, and talons, has been seen to hop along the roof. Dominic creatively described. The creature was often seen on the rooftop of Walnut Street Baptist Church, but its wings gave it the ability to travel, to fly. It's been seen on other structures of rooftops, such as as well. They call it the Demon Leaper. It's perhaps our most famous legend in old Louisville, Dominique stressed. Louisville's Demon Leaper was famous enough that on September 12, 1880, the Council of the Creature made its way into the headlines of the New York Times, an aerial mystery it read. The Courier Journal and the Madisonville Times also kept track of the winged, the winged creature. The Courier Journal reported that the people downtown were terrorized by what they call an agile monkey. Some people say he was wearing a kind of shiny suit. Other people say it was his skin that was shining. A lot of people refer to him as Kentucky's Mothman. Dom Tommy further explained. 
the, the so-called Mothman was first sighted in West Virginia, 1966. He was described as a man with wings. The eerie figure was close to seven feet tall with bright, fiery eyes. Where some signs of the Mothman exceed with parts of disasters on strange events or strange events. Uh, Kentucky's windy creature seemed to bring fear wherever he appeared, but no doom or disaster. Dominic's explained smiled as he explained it. For the most part, he's pretty harmless, from what I can tell. He's never really hurt anyone. He would poke people and scratch people. Uh, tales of strange windy creatures in this part of the country go back to Native American legend, and possibly halfway around the world. This size was something across the pond in Great Britain that was known as Spring Hill Jack. It was a cat's figure. People don't, didn't know if this was a man or a beast that would terrorize people in London. When he started to fade out in London, all of a sudden it started to get reports of him in the United States, Dominic said. In London, he first appeared in 1837, but years later, a similar windy creature appeared in Old Louisville. If you love Kentucky's monsters, myths, and legends, you might want to put this on your calendar in the fall. Uh, okay. An aerial is an expert from the New York Times. Uh, an aerial mystery. One day last week, a marvelous apparition was seen near Coney Island. At a height of at least a thousand feet in the air, a strange object was an act of flying towards the New York, New Jersey coast. It was apparently a man with bat wings and improved frog legs. The, fact, the face of the man could be could be distinctively seen it was wore a cruel and determined expression. The movements made by the object closely resembled that of a frog and actually swimming with his hind legs and, and flying with his front legs. Of course, no respectable from him uh, has ever been seen. Uh, Inheriting Lake Eel Pig. Back in 1925, Kentucky set out to build a dam by flooding the Dix River, a tributary of the Kentucky River. The resulting dam would be known as Dix Dam, and a soon to be created lake would forever be known as Lake Herriting. At the time, the dam was regarded as a major engineering accomplishment. It was the largest earth filled dam at the time. Upon completion of the dam, Lake Harrington filled up and took up on a maximum depth of 249 feet, making it the deepest lake in Kentucky and covered 2,335 acres, nearly 4 miles. Like every large man-made lake in North America, Lake Harrington is known as an excellent spot for fishing. The lake attains a high number of different species of fish, including catfish, hybrid striped bass, crappie, and bluegill. But there is said to be one aquatic creature in the lake many fishermen hope to never encounter face to face, a creature known as the eel pig. Almost immediately after the creation of the lake, people from the surrounding area claimed to see the eel pig swimming within. The creature is most often described as being roughly 15 feet long with a body like that of an eel and a skin tone pattern reminiscent of a speckled fish. It's said to be as fast as boat as a boat at times, also possesses a stubby, pig-like snout and somewhat curly tail, which are, often, which are both often seen poking out above the water when a creature is in the area. While many people have claimed to see the eel pig since the 1920s, 
The creature's existence wasn't thought of possible until a signing was made in 1972 by uh, University of Kentucky's professor Lawrence S. Thompson, who owned a lake home on Harrington. Stated that he had seen the eel pig swimming around the area on multiple occasions, and that after his, his many signings, the species of the creature remained unknown. Upon the news that the university presser had once a monster in the lake, the newspaper, the Louisville Courier, made a quick work of setting up an interview. Asking the professor if he truly believed that what he had seen was a real monster. Thompson responded by saying, It's only a monster in the sense that no one would call Aguirre a monster if they had never seen one before. While sightings of the eel pig are said to continue, there have been no sightings as prominent as Professor Thompson's in 1972. This means that for over 90 years, nobody has figured out what the monster is or was. There are, are however, many theories that to what the eel pig could be. These range from always outrageous to possibly believable. Some people claim that the, during the flooding of Vicks River, Kentucky utilities never really opened passage to a series of underground limestone caves in which this species of eel pig already existed. Others think that the monster is actually a prehistoric relic that originally lived in the Mississippi River but, it's made, it <coughs> but made its way down to the Kentucky River while falling on food source. The monster then became trapped in Lake Harrington after the dam was built. Both interesting and entertaining theories, but richly, but realistically improbable. Other more grounded theories include possible misidentified alligator gar or other fish species. A real pig that, that was seen swimming in the lake and misidentified as a monster. A simple prank that took on a life of its own or an out-of-place alligator. While it, it is easy to laugh it off at first, it should be noted that out-of-place alligators often turned up in unlikely places across multiple states. It is really not that hard to believe that an alligator made its way up the Mississippi River and eventually down the Kentucky River into Lake Harrington. Ample food sources with no natural competition in an area can lead the animals down many strange paths that they might not originally go. While the eel pig might seem like nothing but a local legend or funny story to some, others feel it is a legit living creature that has not been identified yet. Like most other lake and river monsters, this one also draws a line between believers and non-believers. Wherever it is, though, it doesn't seem to be bothering anybody and simply enjoys living its life unbothered in the cold, dark water of Lake Harrington. Thank you for listening to this episode of Monster Legend Podcast. Or to find more information about Monster Legend Podcast, go to monsterlegendpodcast.com or anchor.fm forward slash monsterlegendpodcast. There you can find all episodes and platforms on which the podcast is on, which you can describe, subscribe to. You also can email me with questions that will be answered on the show. Thank you. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.